When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Heard Tell. So well, last time we invited her back because she does great work, very insightful. Have a great time talking to her. She is an opinion columnist uh, for the Denver Post. She's out there in beautiful Colorado, God's country up there. That's a lot higher than the mountains I grew up with, my friend. How are you? I am doing great. And uh, yeah, the leaves are starting to change. It's finally getting a little bit cooler here. We had a super hot summer. So glad to see things cool down. Yeah, it's it, people, you know, I grew up in the mountain. One of the nice things about the mountains is you get four really distinct seasons. Like there, there, there's not yeah. a whole lot of overlap. It's like, oh, it's snowing today. Oh, it's really hot today. And it's one of the great things. Of course, my, my Appalachian mountains are not the Rockies. They're, I just had this conversation with my daughter last night because she's going to be going out to Colorado for a wedding. And I was like, no, this is very different. And then it's even different than like the Alps, which is just like a rock wall coming at you. But I love it out there. Okay, y'all got some stuff going on out there. You've been writing about it. Two different columns. And when I say different, I mean way different columns. Uh, Let's start talking about uh, (laughs) Douglas County, Colorado, apparently has a little bit of problems with exposed female breasts. But when you dig into it and you get past your well-written headline and lead, are we really still arguing over the Rocky Horror Picture Show after 47 years? You know, a little bit. Right. So, yeah, D- Doug Coe has been in the news a couple of times for, for boobs, basically. Uh, first, there was a, a pride fest done on their fairgrounds in which a transvestite's fake boob was revealed, and that caused a bunch of brouhaha. Now there is uh, the art center is going to do Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I guess there was a glimpse, very you know, short two second boob debut somewhere in that movie it's been a long time since i've seen it so i don't know where the boob is but it's somewhere in there and so they decided they had to change their city ordinances to comply with a court case in another city in northern colorado that said that uh, you cannot differentiate between male and female breasts and that if men can go topless in the park so can women so they changed their ordinances to make them gender neutral and I kind of attack the piece in saying this, you know, there are a lot of things, a lot of rules in society that aren't against actual harm. Like, I mean, do not kill, do not steal. Obviously those make sense, but there are also rules, be it cultural rules or actual ordinances and laws talking about sort of time and place. You know, when, when should the female breast be seen? Um, and I kind of make the case that time and place rules be it cultural or actual laws do have their place and you know i think it's important to keep in mind that the people who most want to be seen naked are usually the people you don't want to see naked and i i actually think not having people running around topless at the park 
is probably a good thing. Yeah, but you are well-traveled, Krista Curry, for joining us. Uh, you're well-traveled, so you understand. And you touch in this on your piece. Every culture is very, very different when it comes to this. Uh, I lived in Europe for a long time. There is no stigma to most in most places. Now, there's things like, you know, business settings, government buildings, places like that. You get a park, you go to an amusement park, a patch of grass with some sunshine. There is no stigma to this. It's it's allowed. It's excused. Nobody really thinks twice about it. And if you do, you're basically showing that you're a foreigner or a stupid American. And why do you have a problem with this? So this is very much a cultural construct thing. How do we attack it from that angle? Because, look, there's a lot that goes into this. People want to put morality on it. People have religious convictions about the body. People have their own insecurities about the body, and then those insecurities get projected. When you go to something, though, like a public ordinance, which is kind of a you know semi-law to hardcore law, depending on enforcement, that's a lot of stuff to try to put down into just how somebody should or shouldn't be dressed, isn't it? It is, but I, you know, I think about why do we actually have these time and place rules? And you think about time and place. like. I don't, you know, if you, if there's a topless beach, if I'm with girlfriends, you know, I, I, I can go topless on a topless beach. I don't care. Uh, but I, that said, I don't think that having a topless woman at a kid's playground is a good idea. Now, is that because there's something inherently wrong with the female breast? No. Uh, but time and place rules are sensitive about what will be distracting and detracting for other people. So I give an example in the in the piece of when I travel abroad, particularly developing countries, countries in, in Africa or Asia, I don't hug and kiss dogs and horses the way I do here. Uh, when I'm in, a, you know, here in the States, I can't, you know, I see a dog, I pet that dog, I hug that dog, um, I kiss dogs. I was riding this weekend up in the mountains. I, you know, kiss the heck out of that horse. The horses love to have their head smooched. It's it's something that I do here, but I don't do it when I'm abroad. Why? Because in those cultures, kissing animals is considered offensive. I don't do it. Because if I did do it, you know, the earth wouldn't fall apart, but I would be distracting other people. I would be detracting from their experience. And so what this really comes down to with time and place rules is, are you doing something that is distracting and detracting to other people? And if it is, then, then don't do it. There's no reason to just unnecessarily offend people. Now, I don't have a problem with tweaking the overly offended, overly sensitive, trigger-happy person out there that just wants to clutch their pearls at every turn. I, you know, I don't mind messing with that person. It's kind of fun. But the average person, I don't need to go out of my way to offend people. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't care if there's a, 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 a boob in a movie at a, a theater that is mostly adults. But you know what I'd say? Keep it under covers when you're at the park. Yeah, Krista Kay for joining us. That's why I found the Rocky Horror Picture Show element of this so amazing. So for the uninitiated, and I don't want to give it all away because, you know, th this can be a fun thing for the people that don't know what they're walking into. Usually around this time of the year, because, you know, Halloween, you have showings of Rocky Horror. This is not going to a normal movie. This is an event. It's interactive. It's very much audience participation, especially if you sucker somebody into going that doesn't know what's going on. And then they get really participated, whether, you know, mandatory fun kind of a thing. There's a lot that goes on in the showing of a Rocky Horror. A brief glimpse of nipple on the screen, I would think would probably be in the 80s or 90s on the list of things that could possibly be offensive that goes on at these things. And this is all consenting adults. Let's not, you know, nobody's getting assaulted or going to the hospital or anything, but it's raunchy, good, clean, adult fun. I just mm -hmm. always amazed at, and you touch on it on on in the piece, whether it's somebody topless in a park, 
whether it's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Why in the world do we tolerate politicians who want to grab these small outlier things that in a vacuum are not that big a deal? And now all of a sudden, that's what we want to make a rule or a law or an ordinance over. That's kind of the real problem here beyond just, you know, somebody exposing a little flesh, right? Well, I think, that, yeah, there's definitely a sort of throw red meat to the crowded election time kind of a thing where you pick out something that a very small minority of people is going to be upset about. I though, I think on this, in this particular issue, so you have the, the city of Parker is in Douglas County. Douglas County, you've got three commissioners, two of which are these pearl clutcher types that, you know, got upset about the pride fest and the transvestite rubber boob. And so they're upset about it. Then you get Parker with a more, probably a, a less conservative city council who's like, oh, uh, you know, we've got this this picture coming. We need to tweak these laws. Well, did they really need to tweak the laws? Could they have just done the show? Probably just done the show. Um, I think they were doing this to sort of show it to the commissioners. And that's just my opinion. It's this kind of little, I call it, let's call it a tit for tat, <laughs> virtue signaling. Um, I, I just feel like we should have better things to do. Um, and I, I think the whole female nudity thing is not really resolved. It's, there's a couple of different court, uh, court uh, decisions at the appellate level. So maybe it goes to the Supreme Court and they have to rule on it. In the meanwhile, I just, I kind of wish people would be more, I don't know, either sensitive about the feelings of others and kind of on the other side, less trigger happy themselves. Uh, if you don't like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, don't go. Um, if you don't want to, if you don't like Pride Fest, don't go. Uh, you know, but on the other hand, those people should have a reasonable expectation that if they're at a playground, everyone's going to have their shirt on. I'm Chris Decay for joining us. For people that aren't familiar with Colorado, though, let's zoom out because, again, you, you get it. Like we just said, you get into these little niche things. Give us the big picture of Colorado, though, because the culture war stuff, Colorado's always been kind of a fault line for the last 20, 30 years because you're the headquarters for a lot of different, you know, very conservative religious organizations. And you also have an openly gay governor. They, like this is not yes. new stuff in Colorado. Give us the big picture view of kind of the culture war side of politics and culture in Colorado, because that's really the overall environment that this stuff is happening in. And then people want to pick their little things for the war. Give people that perspective, the wider perspective of what's going on, because this is a changing state. It's very much kind of a purplish, maybe leaning more towards blue lately state politically. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on in Colorado with this stuff. So Colorado is an interesting state. So more than a third is mountainous, more than a third is plains, completely flat. And then we have this zone down on the front range, which is where I live. So that's Denver, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, Pueblo. Most of the population is in this zone that's right between the plains and the mountains. I can get into the mountains in a half hour drive, but right now I'm looking at a you know a flat lawn if I look out my window. So the state when I grew up was kind of libertarian, you know, there was some liberalism in Boulder. Boulder's kind of famous for being liberal. You had conservatives down in Colorado Springs, but it was a lot more moderate, just you know, kind of a get-along place. Now those two sides tend to kind of force the extremes on each side. It's almost like being present in the same place. They have to be even more liberal and more conservative. That said, the state really is a spectrum still. You've got conservatives, you've got liberals, you've got 
very extreme people. We've got a, an actual, I, I think she's a, she calls herself either a socialist or a communist, I can't remember, on the Denver City Council. So you have some very left-leaning politicians. You, you have some, some die-hard Trumpy people on the right as well. And then a lot of sort of normal people in the middle going, please, let's just, let's just chill out a little bit. Um, but it is, it's an interesting state. And I think if I could opposites her together, in some ways bring out the worst on both sides. Chris Kay for joining us, columnist for the Denver Post. All right, like any good columnist, you take a wide swath of what you talk about. So let's uh, go from uh, bared breast and Tim <laughs> Curry in a sequined corset to pig farming. Yeah. You're writing about, you wrote about the gestational crates. Let's do a little perspective here. I want you to explain what these things are. I actually know what these are. Um, I've been to like the Smithfield plant. I know what these things look like. Somebody that hadn't seen them though, because smithfield which is the largest pork producer in the world they said in 2007 they were going to get rid of these things they said in 2018 they were going to get rid of these things we're still in 2020 they still haven't gotten rid of these things i'm not just picking on them a lot of the other companies are doing it as well but they're just the biggest why is it that we're you know 15 years into them saying they haven't done this they still haven't got rid of them explain what they what they are why business-wise they want to use them and why it's being so hard for this industry to get away from these things because they're cheaper, basically. Um, and you think about like uh, animal husbandry up until the 80s, they really didn't use these things very much. Uh, uh, it became kind of these big factory farms where you start to have inhumane confinement because it's cheaper. And I should say this, I, I am a meat eater. I will eat pretty much in any kind of, you know, farmed meat. I love game. Um, you know, I always tell people I will try, chicken so i'll trade fresh eggs and homemade jam if you bring me ducks and geese that's my favorite uh but i'll eat any basically any kind of meat and so i'm not against meat eating what i am against is inhumane treatment of animals be it putting you know chickens in tiny crates uh confining these sows in tiny crates for the for basically their entire life uh it's inhumane um i know it's more expensive to raise meat particularly chickens and pork uh, in giving animals some space to live i know it's more expensive and and i think we ought to pay pay the price uh these these gestation crates are that cruel so when the sow is pregnant and she's usually she's going to be pregnant much of her life so she's in this tiny crate where she cannot move around she can't inter, you know interact with other pigs if she lays down a certain way, there's a chance that the crate, the pig in the crate next to her could like lay on her leg and break it. Um, she's on metal slats, uh, you know, so that the poop and whatnot goes through the slats, but some of it still ends up on the slats. So she's basically in her own stuff all day. She can eat and drink and that's about it. She can't really move that much. They become listless. Uh, these are intelligent animals. They're, they're about as smart as dogs, maybe smarter. 
And then she goes from that crate to a farrowing crate, has her babies, they get weaned off, she gets rebred, and she's back in the gestation crate. In order to get away from these crates, you have to go to facilities where you have a bunch of sows in a, in a space, and you have to work with those sows to make sure that some sows don't bully away all of the food from the other sows. So it's a little more work. It, it takes more money to put together um, a, a space where you've got multiple multiple pigs. But you know, animals are not widgets. You can't just you know say, oh, our our pig factory, this widget is is too old. We'll swap her out for a new widget. These are animals, and they need to be treated with a certain amount of humanity. And I know the pork producers will say, well, hey, you feel that way, you should just go to Whole Foods and buy humanely raised pork, which I, you know, I'm at that point where that's, if I buy pork, that's going to be what I buy. I, I think we have to go beyond that and just say these, these practices are cruel. It doesn't matter that I don't beat my dog. I don't want my neighbor beating his dog. Um, at some point, we have to have some standards. Yeah, Krista K for joining us. Like, look, I've got, I'm blessed. I know some friends. I've got my pork guy that when I really want good pork, he runs a small family farm, old retired, you know, used to be a sailor, good guy. He's, I've wrote about him before. Tim, how you doing, Tim? I need bacon, buddy. You know, he free ranges his hogs. His line is my pigs only have one bad day their whole life. And he prides himself on that. They wild feed other than they, get, you know, mash from the distilleries when they go to fatten them up a little bit. Right now they get the pumpkins, which is a great viral video because he gets everybody's wasted pumpkins and they just lose their minds. That's like crack to the pigs. He can tell me the name and disposition of the pig I'm eating. And I can tell the qual. you know, I'm a big foodie. Everybody knows about mm -hmm. Twitter. So I can tell the difference, huge difference in the quality. But he also only provides, you know, four, five, six times a year. I can maybe get that. That's not scalable to feeding people. I'm not going to stop eating pork. I understand we need industrialized food production and animal husbandry because otherwise you would have a starving planet. So I don't want to do the elitist thing with that. And I'm not going to stop eating meat. However, there's some basic stuff like, you know, like having pins instead of it. Yeah, it's a little more expensive. Smithfield, a couple of years ago, they had this whole thing where their pigs were literally going crazy and they had this animal rights activist come in. And they go, all you need to do is once every couple hours, somebody just walk through the pens. They didn't even have to physically do anything. They just had to walk through the pen and it settled the animals down. Some of this stuff, you know, we're not trying to reinvent the animal husbandry wheel. Some of this stuff is pretty simple, like, you know, let them have some outside time. Let them have some move around time. Mm -hmm. I find this all to be reasonable stuff. I understand it's a profit margin business, but I think we know too much. We have too much technology. We can see what, through our phones the food where we're getting it. I think we as a society has a right to demand some better standards, especially since it's all on video and we're right in front of us. I don't have a problem with any of this. I think we should have a little better guild on where our food comes from and how it's produced, and we should be loud about it. Yeah, I agree. And so the reason I wrote this piece is that the Supreme Court is going to rule on this during their next session. And so we've got California has decided that, and this is by referendum, that they not only don't allow gestation crates, they don't want any meat brought into the state that's made with gestation, uh, that's made through this, this tech, I call it technology, this kind of animal husbandry. They don't want any of that, uh, they don't want any of that brought into the state. Pork producers are saying, well, we, you know, we can't just produce this kind of pork for you and not have to alter all of our other practices, which is going to make pork a lot more expensive. And I read a bunch of uh, amicus briefs 
they actually could do that just for California if they wanted to. There is the technology available. But I would like to see the industry just upgrade their facilities, treat these these animals as animals, not as widgets in a machine. I mean, we talked earlier. My my Jeep's at the at the mechanic right now. It's turning two hundred thousand miles. It's kind of a, it's a it's a birthday tune up, and any part that's sort of put in or taken out, those are just parts. They're inanimate objects. It doesn't matter. These sows are not inanimate objects. They're living beings that need to be given some quality of life while they're alive. And and so I, I hope that the court rules on behalf of California, as much as it kills me to say Colorado and California have a little bit of a rivalry, but you know, we, we do need better standards. And it it's not that we've always done it this way. This way of doing things really just goes back to the, to the 80s. Uh, before that, you saw a lot more animals in larger pens, animals that are free ranged. Um, I, think, I think we can do better. know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. for joining us there's a couple things about this i want to point out on the political side of it though because people are like oh california's making it because california's got some other rules like this where they're trying to enforce it on everybody mm-hmm. that i don't agree with there's a couple points on this one this was a referendum this isn't just some you know they voted on this the people you know i'm, I'm still a re- democratic republic guy even if i don't agree with it people voted on it so it's got to be respected that's one one number two i'm going to go back to what i already talked about smithfield which is the biggest pork producer 
um, now majority owned by overseas interests, mostly China. They've been saying since 2007 they were going to stop doing this anyway, and then they've been dragging their feet because they wanted the PR without actually having to do it. So that with the court, and that's going to be part of this court case too, because they take those sort of things in vain. So whatever the court ruling here is, we can't just say, oh, this is California enforcing their thing. This is one of those things where the industry itself is saying, no, we shouldn't do this, but they're still doing it anyway. I think that's an important difference when we talk about, because, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I start skeptical with the regulations, like, okay, prove to me why we need this, right? Yeah. This one, this one feels a little different because it was, it was not only a referendum, it's something that the industry itself is saying they should have been doing for the last 15, 20 years anyway. This looks like a clear place of regulation to step in and go, look, you're saying you should do this. You haven't done it. The people want it. The industry wants mm -hmm. it. It's got a moral component. Let's do it. That feels like a good regulation to me now. Of course, that can still get abused. But on the face of it, I think this is a step forward. I think so, too. And you think it, it, law follows cultural trends, generally speaking, and the culture is moving away from these big factory farms where animals are treated like widgets and not living beings. And, you know, I, everybody, you know, a lot of these entities, these, these big uh, industries have put out press releases, as you said, we're getting away from these. A number of businesses like Starbucks and, you know, ConAgra have also put out press releases saying we are not going to buy pork uh, from producers who use these gestation crates. So I think this just sort of backs up where we're already going. And just the recognition that there are better ways to handle animals. Um, I'm lucky. I think we're lucky with, with beef. Most beef cattle spend, spend their life, at least a good large part of their life, out on range. Um, they're only in pens when they're kind of fattening up on corn before slaughter. So those animals are treated relatively well. But when you look at chickens, particularly meat chickens, also egg layers, and, and pigs, there's just a ways to go there in terms of allowing some quality of life for the animals that, that we eat. Yeah, and Chris Kay for joining us. And the other part of this, too, is one reason I'm slow on regulation is because I, I am sensitive to a bur putting undue burden on a business or an, an industry. The burden here, though, is the reason they do the gestational crates is they don't want to pay the extra manpower to take care of the animals. So this actually would probably create more jobs and more opportunities in that respect because they're going to have to hire people to handle these animals because they're going to be moved. That's why they train. That's why they do this. They can control them with less people and less things. So there's that element to it. Krista K for always good enjoying it. I love, I, I was teasing you, but I love that you do various stuff like this for us to point out and debate and hash out. Uh, you're at the post. Let folks know where they can keep up and follow you until we get you back, which we will do. Definitely want to hear more about this Jeep. You're going to have to write that one up for us. Let us know where you're at, what you got going on until we see you again on Hertel. So you can follow me at, at Krista Kafer on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm there sometimes. And then I've got my Denver post column you can just you know google denver post and then i've got a sub stack i basically take my post piece and about three or four days later put it up on the sub stack so if you don't you want to get past the paywall that's the way to do it my my sub stack is anomalous take which is kind of an anomalous title for a sub stack but uh you can find my stuff there and, and anyway thanks for having me on yeah we really enjoy it all right last thing real quick favorite rocky horror picture show song and number I can't, you know, it's been, it's been years. Okay. Sing, sing a couple of bars. <laughs> that, that is not going to happen. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, yeah, it's my it's, show uh, and I do what I want, but I'm not doing that. 
it's funny like wait, the minute i thought i was like hey, which of my favorite songs because you know when you're young and you go to that show a lot you you sing all the songs and then for some reason when i was young i was also into that musical hair and i think i have all of those songs me memorized but you know as you get older the files start to mix so the minute you ask me or one of my favorite songs from hair popped into my mind I think I still got to go with Bless My Soul because the whole thing of Meatloaf showing up doing this show stealing number and then they kill him. It's just too per like it's just it did. It's so ridiculous. Uh, God bless and him. We lost him last year. I love we, we, yeah. No, I'm so sad that we lost him. I love Meatloaf. Yeah, my morning alarm is uh, the uh, the pipe organ opening to uh, home by now, no matter what. That's been the alarm on my phone for probably 10 years now. Love it. All right, Krista Kafer, we'll let you off the hook on that one. Go bone up on your uh, Rocky Horror Picture music, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thank you so much. know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.